Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, he's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. So how was week 15 in the NFL? Well, it's not done, but I can tell you what we've got so far. The biggest comeback in NFL history, the first NFL week in history where three teams completed a comeback of 17 points or more. The most improbable ending or the weirdest ending to an NFL game ever where the Pats players gambled and lost in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I mean, you tell me, did I miss anything? Show today? That's where you're going to start the show. I thought you were going to talk about Toronto and Philly tonight in the 76ers basketball. No, I thought that's where you were going to go. Dude, don't, don't you dare get my friends in Michigan fired up. I don't want text messages, Brandon, either. He's not talking. We're not starting the show with freaking Joel Embiid. Uh, that was uh, – you and I have been kind of joking uh, this year that each week has delivered. I mean, what well, – again, we had the three standalones where you could focus on Saturday into yesterday and then just improbable comebacks – Obviously, we're going to start in Vegas, but that was a wild day, Michael Lombardi. You know, what made it such a great day was we didn't have 10 1 o'clock or 9 1 o'clock games. You kind of got the sense that, you know, I watched Pittsburgh and Carolina, you know, on my big screen, then I had the red zone on my little screen. So I was able to kind of get a feel for all the other games before I watched some of them this morning. So, you know, the the way they split the schedule and Saturday games just make it – were you really engaged in all the games? And it just obviously they delivered tremendously. The one o'clocks were great. And then, you know, look, the the miracle of, of Las Vegas, that game, I don't know what, what we will. It's, it's ironic that it's, you know, seven days before the Immaculate Reception game and where we're going to talk about that next Saturday night in, in Pittsburgh. But, I mean, it was improbable. Um, but, you know, it, it almost was typical – of this Patriots season, which has been unlike any Belichick coach team I've ever seen. The, the, the details, the, the mistakes, the block punt, the inability to get improved in the passing game all season. This is just not a typical team that I've witnessed him coach and improve on, and, and it's cost him, and it really has dearly. The Raiders close two and a half, a 30 to 24 winner. So it goes over that posted total of 45, 45 and a half. Of course, the Raiders do cover in improbable fashion. You know, you like to say you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. My assumption is Bill Belichick wasn't coaching a lateral play there tied. No, I mean, Jacoby Myers took full responsibility, but still, he's responsible for what happens on the field. You know, just like Dan Campbell is, just like Robert Salai is, they all are. You know, that's part of it. You know, what happens on the field costs us our jobs. And so, obviously, there was a lack of communication because, you know, I don't understand if you're running it there, why are you running it? Just kneel it down. It's three seconds to go in the game. Kneel it down, flip it to the official, let's go. You know, I mean, who wants, nobody cares about padding their stats at that point. So when you ran it there, and then I thought what you said off air before we started, it almost was like Jacoby Myers said, oh, we're doing this? Okay, let's go. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I was sitting in disbelief as when he 
like what was Mac Jones going to do with it if he caught it? Because I thought, I think Myers got into this, oh, we're doing this now. He threw it back. I think he thought when he threw it back to Jones that Jones could then throw the ball. <laughs> like, you see what I'm saying? It just, that first flip got into Myers' head. Myers looked back and said, my gosh, the quarterback's standing all by himself. Are we doing this now? And it just kind of snowballed. I, I it, yeah. it was very freakish. I don't think it was I anything, mean, the last, obviously. The last 40 seconds of that game, which seemed like it took hours to get through, right? You know, between the call in the end zone, which... I don't know what it was. All I know is that the two officials who made the call had the best view of it. Had this been a Saturday night or, or a, the Sunday night game with Maria and the crew, you know, we would have had more cameras, but we didn't because they flexed it out. Those cameras were back in Washington. So we didn't see the angle. I, I really didn't. I, I, I wasn't sure. I didn't think it was a touchdown, but I didn't think there was enough evidence to overturn it. Like I, I wasn't sure one way or the other, you know. Like I'm, I was hoping they wouldn't overturn it because I'm rooting for Mick, but I, I couldn't really tell. I never really had a comprehensive look at it where I could see it. It looked like it was there, but it, you couldn't really tell. So, I think everybody at Allegiant Stadium, I think the Lombardi family, I think anybody watching that game was kind of stunned. After it happened, it took a little bit to process, right? I was telling you off the air, I took a little while to text Millie and the crew because I'm just like, okay, wait. So I'm just kind of reprocessing what happened there. And then immediately, what do you think? You immediately go back and say, if they had beaten the Rams, right? Mm -hmm. I know you hate yeah. to look backwards, but it's like with the well, Raiders I mean, now, you're just like... Chapter and oh. verse. I mean, actually, this is one of those games where they probably didn't deserve to win, but they won. This is Correct. the one that actually went on their ledger, which they've had so many of them on the other side that, that this one. And look, the, the Patriots dominated the second half. I mean, until that drive... Until the last drive of the game, the the Patriots only had two first downs. I mean, the Raiders only had two first downs. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't block the Patriots. They they lost the starting guard, and then now they have two backup guards in there, and the Patriots, even without Matthew Judon, who doesn't even show up on the stat sheet, didn't make a play. The, 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 Patriot, uh, the, the Raiders couldn't move the ball, and the Patriots couldn't pass the ball either. I mean, if the Patriots had any passing game, any, they win the game easy. They're, they're going to extend it. They're up 24-17. They're fourth and 10. They don't get that stop. And then, you know, and and the kid makes the great catch. Cole makes that catch in the end zone. I mean, I've seen Cole drop the ball so often this year. I'm thinking there's no way he's catching that. And he did. Just uncharacteristic, sloppy play, the blocked punt. But it's been all year. It's been all year for the Patriots. It has. I mean, you can't. I mean, even he would have to admit it. I mean, they've they've not been able to fix this running, to fix this passing game. They haven't been able to do it. They just can't. They, they, there's no passing game. They just, as I've said many times on the Lombardi line, I've said it on GM Shuffle, they just run a bunch of plays, and nothing is ever tied together. You know, they, they, they run the outside zone. You know I mean? They threw for 112 yards against the Raiders, Patrick. I mean, look, the Raiders defensively, Say what you will. They're not a. They're, I wouldn't say they're a great defense. 112 yards passing. I mean, they've had games where they, you know, 133 against the Colts. Okay, 182 against Buffalo. Right. I mean, they just can't throw the ball all year long. They can't make a play. They're 29th in third down. They're 32nd in red zone. These and and you know, for all the people that want to criticize the situational football, you know. Dungy was on TV last night. Well, you know, the Patriots talk about the situational football. Look what happened. It was almost like he got a lot of pleasure out of it. But the reality of it is, is <laughs> they spent a lot of time on third down, a lot of time on red zone offense, and they're bad at it. That tells you there's something fundamentally wrong within the building. Well, also with the play calling, sometimes you have to have a feel for what's needed. And before the Raiders tied it up at 24, there was that quick three and out by the Patriots offense that kind of led to the opportunity. Again, there just there's never been a good vibe on offense. You've got a second year quarterback that needs some tutelage, and frankly, uh, the the coach of the Raiders probably would do a better job, obviously, for the Patriots right now running that offense. Which again, you can't give them like an F on the game because the defense continues to play pretty well for the Patriots. But outside of that, special teams and offense uh, sloppy. I mean, look, the block punt. I mean, I, and you could just see by the reaction. Obviously, I don't think Peppers, they didn't even try to block the guy. You know, and so you get a block punt for a touchdown, you lose the game. The Jets give up a punt return, lose the game. See, this is where people, you know, they lose sight of how important the kicking game is. 
You know, we kind of gloss over it. But when you give up a play like that, when you give up a block punt for a touchdown and you're dominating the line of scrimmage because the Raiders can't really block you, that's a problem. I was just thinking about when you have the year-end reviews, like when McDaniels and Lombardi and the coaching staff sits down about the Raiders' 2022 season, they're going to be like, well, where do we start? Because well, I, I think this, you have to be honest. Coaster. You say, look, we're just not good enough. And so we've been in a lot of games and we're not good enough. And we've had chances to win a lot of games, but we haven't. I mean, they've won four of the last five games. I mean, think about that. And they should have beaten the Rams. They should be on a five-game heater. But, you know, they had chances to win a lot of games, which means we're close, but we're not there yet. I think you have to be really realistic. Like you're six and eight. You could be, you could be eight and six. But you're probably you could be you could be worse too, right? You could have lost to Denver earlier in the year. You had a chance to beat the Chiefs. You lose by a point to the Chiefs. You had a chance. To, you're up in that game. I just think they have to be really honest and say we're just not good enough. However, you do get titillated with Waller back. That seam, the long. I mean, he's just so athletic, so fast for his size. Yeah. Renfro starting to work into the mix. I mean, this offense, full strength. Could be super lethal moving forward. So yeah, anyway, I mean, but they got to get their offensive line back. They they they're they're really hurting up front, and it's going to be a challenge going to Pittsburgh against a Pittsburgh team yesterday that dominated the Carolina run game, which has been a good run game for Carolina. But Pittsburgh put it took to, they were the more physical team. So uh, considering that Pittsburgh couldn't stop Baltimore from running the ball two weeks ago, Pittsburgh was really good there. So look, the Raiders are a work in progress. It's going to take some time to get them going. I think yesterday the one thing they did better than they had all year was they scored two touchdowns in the red zone. They were two for two in the red zone. And, and Carr made the great throw to Hollins at the end of the half, and Waller made the touchdown on, down on the middle read. Carr is the most confounding. Carr will make a couple of throws where you're like, and there's not too many guys that can make that specific throws. Yeah. And then he makes a decision where you're just like, well, I mean, not like many he's people got Hollins wide open for a touchdown. And he overthrows it. Then he's got know, Hollins wide open for another touchdown, and he th- and he throws it inside of him. And then he's mad that Hollins isn't inside, and Hollins is running to the pylon. I mean, I don't know. It, it is very confounding. I mean, you th- just when you think he's kind of gets like <laughs> exactly, he pulls I you mean, in. And I know Josh's offense, and, and Josh's offense is never about holding the ball. The ball's got to come out, and yet when he holds it, it's like nothing good's going to happen here. Nothing's good's going to happen here. Patriots outside looking in as far as the postseason. What do they need to do this final push here? I mean, look, they got Cincinnati, a hot team coming to town. They got to play Miami still. You know, they 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 have no passing game. You're not going to beat anybody if you can't throw for more than 112 yards. You got it, and they've got good skill players too. I got a question for you. What are your favorite colors? Answer: Honolulu blue. And so, oh, my yeah. goodness, one pride. The Lions continue their win streak. They beat the Jets 20-17. to 17. Zach Wilson, interesting, interested to hear your oh, take on the Oh, I can't wait to hear what you well. thought of that game, yes. Also, also, how about the time management with your boy Salah? Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's BetMGM, the king of sports books. Visit BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app right now. Reconfigured, so better in game experience for you. Also, if you're in Vegas, stop by any MGM property. Bring your state issued ID, you're ready to go. Bet within minutes. 1 800 Gambler, if you have an issue, got to be 21 years or older. Okay, we got you back here. We're going to conclude week 15 NFL tonight. It's a barn burner. It's going to be freezing in the teens at Lambeau. Green Bay laying seven and a half right now. That opened eight. The Rams and Baker in town. So we'll get to that. Plenty of time to discuss that matchup. Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. So the Lions continue. Okay, so let's talk about this. This is almost uh, Dan Campbell and Mr. Salah. They were trying to outduel one another on bad in-game decisions. Start at the end, and then we'll back up and get into this. I couldn't even conceptualize what Salah was doing with those timeouts. He had three left, and he just let the clock bleed at the end of that game. Yeah, I mean, so let's go through it. Okay, so, like, you know, this is one of my pet peeves in life is game management at the end of the half. As I said Sunday morning, if they would have flown Parcells into Minneapolis and let him coach the Colts, they would have won that game. And... You know, so Salai's got it pretty well. They give up the big play in the game, right? They give the four, the fourth and one call, which was great call. Ben Johnson, nice call. They 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 played the play, you know, because the week before, remember, the week before they ran fullback in the flat with with the big fella with Sewell. So this mm-hmm. time they run fullback in the flat throwback, but without Sewell. So they played the play and Mosley just jumped it right away, and you could see the tight end did a great job of waiting patiently before he slipped out. So it was a great call. So now we get the ball back with 149 to go. And he's got three timeouts. Now there's a rule. The reason you save your timeouts for the end of the game, obviously you save your timeouts for challenges, but more importantly, you save your time after two minutes for the two minutes. So why? You want to throw the ball in the middle of the field during two minutes. You don't want to throw check downs. You don't want to throw it short. And it's hard to throw it outside all the time. So you want to be able to throw the ball inside. And if you throw it inside, you need timeouts. So you want to throw it inside. The other reason you save your timeouts is because you want to, if you get sacked, you need to use the timeout. Because by the time everybody runs back, okay, by the time everybody runs back, it, you lose too many plays. Forget about time. You lose plays. So, okay, first and 10, Jets get the ball. Wilson takes the sack. He loses nine yards. Salai decides not to use a timeout. They don't snap the ball again to 128. That's 21 seconds. So he essentially loses three plays there. He gives three plays away there, okay? And the ball goes incomplete. Okay, now we're down to 122. So Wilson throws a deep pass for 22 yards on that over route, kind of gets it in there over Akuda, right? Great throw. Now that clock, they don't snap it again until 58 seconds. So now we lose another 24 seconds because by the time everybody gets set, Wilson gets to play, he doesn't use a timeout there. So now he burns 24 seconds on one play. He burns 21 seconds. That's 45 seconds he burns. He lets slide away. Let's say for the sake of argument, 15 seconds probably just over time and attrition would have happened. That's 30 seconds. So he gave Detroit... Six plays. Six plays he gave away. That's a fireable offense. He gave away six plays. 
You can't do that. His only job on the sideline besides cheerleading is to manage the game. That's his only job. He doesn't call offense. He doesn't call defense. He doesn't do special teams. His job is to cheerlead. And he goes and gives 30 seconds away, right? And then they snap the ball, and, you know, they get down there, and, and they get another first down. So now so now they snap the ball incomplete. So now we got 53 seconds, all right? Wilson throws the ball to uh, Wilson throws the ball to Wilson for another 10 yards at 53 seconds. The next time they snap it again, it's 31 seconds. Now mm. another 22 seconds have gone off the clock. So basically Abject. during this during this drill, he gave away at least 10 plays. It was an abject failure. Salah lost the game. I, there, you can't paint it any differently. The defense was great. They dominated Detroit in the red zone, held Detroit to 5.4 yards per play. Uh, again, Wilson, we can have another conversation about him, but the clock management there, all you needed was a field goal to tie it up. That was an abject failure by Salah. I, I remember the video I showed you where he's a great cheerleader. He seems to get along with the players, but he was standing there with his hands in his pocket with he the clock no winding what down. What doing. is he doing? I mean, he called. He calls his first timeout with 19 seconds to go after Wilson got sacked for another eight yards. So now he's got 19 seconds. What do you think happened in that huddle? What do you think happened in that huddle? He he probably should have said, "Look, we got 19 seconds to go. At the most, we're going to get is probably four plays, and maybe we'll get the field goal. We've got to get the ball in. Let's throw it inside the numbers. Let's make sure we do it right. We can't take a sack. Like meanwhile." You know, we got to get forget the we just forget about getting a first down. We got to get the ball down the field. You know, and so the second play throws short to Moore. If Moore catches that ball, he's going to burn another timeout. And then he then then the fourth and eighteen, he throws it up. It could have been intercepted. I mean, and Wilson makes a great. I mean, um, Moore makes a great play yep. on it. And the only reason he uses a second timeout is because he has to. Like, was there was all, no yeah. way Zerline was making a 58-yard field goal. There was no way. Like, like there was no way. In that weather condition, there was no way he was making a 58-yard. It was the ball. I mean, we've talked about it all the time. It's too cold. The ball is hard to kick. Again, you have to wonder how he doesn't have support up in the booth. It's very, it's very evident he, that he's not capable why, in game with the management. All right, so Dominic goes to the game yesterday. And he gets to the game with mixed college roommate Corey's with him. And so Corey's kind of hanging out with him. And he says to Corey at the game before the game starts, he said, I can't see the yellow line because he's looking for that first down line, right? And so I don't understand why we can't have a play counter next to the time. Like how hard is, would it be for the television to come up with, okay, the Jets have the ball with 149 to go, three timeouts, I'm sure some some smart guy, a hell of a lot smarter than me, could run the algorithm and say, okay, there's they have the most they have is 12 plays. Like, why can't we have that graphic up there so the fans know how many plays? And then what would have happened visually if you would have seen how many plays Salai was giving back to Detroit? You would have said, this is stupid. Like, this is bizarre. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Abject failure. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, he just literally, he, he froze, and you could tell. There was nothing going on when they showed the shots. He didn't shots. know what to losing, do. He was he losing didn't know chunks. What to do. He was, and he was and you can blame plays. Jeff Saturday for Saturday, but Salai's at least been coaching. But he has had no, like, like Salai should be on the phone talking to somebody about game management. Like, he should spend, since he doesn't, since he's not coaching the offense or the defense or the kicking game, He's overseeing everything. He should spend Thursday and Friday going through every game situation in the league and just, okay, here's what I would do here. Here's what I'm doing here. Okay, here's what I play here. All right, I'm not doing that. Like, this was an, a, a complete failure. And and, and the, he basically, and even though I thought that the Detroit outplayed them, it was the red zone defense by the Jets that was spectacular that kept them in the game. The holding calls, I wasn't sure were the right calls, but they got them. But the reality of it is, is they have a chance to at least get this game into overtime. I mean, with 148 to 149 to go and three timeouts, you have a chance to win the game. Okay, but the big story here, obviously, despite Dan Campbell's decisions in game, which continue to be confounding, Detroit is now seven and seven. They've won six mm -hmm. of seven. 
The loss by the Commanders last night, coupled with the Seattle loss, has the Lions right here in the mix. Remember, the Commanders go play San Francisco. The Seattle Seahawks play the Chiefs. You know who the Lions have up next? No offense. The, the Panthers, Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers. All losing no, they, records. They've, all, got it, look, they've got it set up here. And the way they're playing defense. Look, they stopped the Jets from running the ball yesterday. They did a great job out of nickel. They were in nickel. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't in a base front. They were in nickel. You know, and, you know, Wilson was Wilson. He turned the ball over. Like, let me ask you this. Would you start Wilson against Jacksonville, or would you go back to Mike White if you could? Are you kidding? I, Mike White, to me, is three times the player in, in a multitude of ways. He doesn't have the talent that Wilson has. Wilson gifted the Lions that pick. That was unbelievable. Oh, it was unbe- he almost gifted him another one. When he, remember, he I, threw the ball the, up in the air, it. and the yeah. kid caught it. No, the kid caught that one. The Jet kid caught it. That ball oh, was that's right. That's right. When he too. came back for it, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, he almost gifted another one. He 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 makes some ridiculously you know tight window throws with a lot of zip on the ball, but he he'll always give the game away. That's not. He changing. has too many bad plays. He has too many bad plays. Like people say, well, he played better. I you know the first play, the first drive of the game, Akuda should have had an interception. I mean, Campbell yeah. turns t- turns down points. Now they get it back with with the touchdown, and you say, "Well, you know, it washes out of each other." Okay, I mean, this is the second game in a row now. The Jets not in a row. This is the second game the Jets basically lost the game because of a punt return. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't overly impressed with Wilson. I I wasn't a part of that crowd that said he he did play better. It's hard not to play, better, play better than I, what we had I, seen I would previously. Say better, yeah, yeah, I would like, say yeah, better. better. But there's something there, – there, there is an intangible to White that just doesn't exist with Wilson. I think we can all agree with that. Right. He doesn't have the no arm doubt. strength. He doesn't have the arm talent. That's, right. uh, that's evident. But Wilson right. just makes some comf- just odd plays. We're going to come back with Thomas Gable, Borgata, next. Lombardi line on a Monday. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, VSIN is the gift that keeps on giving. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber for $79 and get access to everything we do now through the Big Dance. So, again, through Mark, well, the Big Dance, I don't want to say it. Sign up today and you also receive $20 to buy VSIN Sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store. So, again, a $20 credit when you become a pro right now. The pros won money this weekend. Get on the team. Again, you get daily recaps of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests, tools like the betting splits, which everybody needs. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay, we're back. Michael Lombardi, of course. We'll get to the Rams at the Packers tonight, seven and a half number. We're going to bring in our buddy Thomas Gable, our partner there at the Borgata, runs the race in sportsbook. And uh, he sent me over his plays, the Des Moines plays. So VEASAN pros will get the college basketball plays already loaded up today from Thomas Gable. As we say hi to Thomas, I want to start here because we were texting a little about it. Michael, Michael, you made the point they're not going to have a pregame show on Fox because of that World yeah. Cup match. Well, it ended up being one of the great matches in the history of sport. And can you kind of paint the picture there, TG, as we say good morning, good afternoon? What was it like at the Borgata when Argentina and France were coming down to the wire? I was crazy. Well, great atmosphere and probably the only thing that you could imagine would divert people's attention from the NFL for a little bit, at least, uh, you know, it was weird because there were, you couldn't even move in there. There was people standing everywhere. Every seat was taken, uh, as that game went down to the wire. And it, what I noticed was people weren't betting the NFL. It was, it was kind of odd. You know, you could get right to the counter if you wanted to bet the Sunday games and people just weren't, thinking about it because they were so enthralled by what they were watching in the world cup and uh, very exciting finish and uh, great. As you said, probably one of the best uh, sporting events that you could ever witness in your lifetime right there yesterday. How did you make out TJ? Did you, did you come out ahead? I mean, what ended up happening for the book? Yeah. World world cup. We, we ended up a uh, good result. Obviously we were able to scoop the draw money there. Uh, on the 90 minutes uh, as it was tied, but um, overall good result for us for the world cup. Um, Can't say the same thing about the NFL yesterday, but the world cup at least was a good, good result for us. I'm surprised by that because I've got the dogs going seven, three and one ATS yesterday, 
But you're telling me it wasn't a great result there at the Borgata. No, it wasn't. It was probably our worst uh, NFL Sunday of the year, honestly. It, and, you know, we were due to have a bad one. We've had a really good NFL season so far. I mean, really strong. So we were due to have a bad week. And, I, I mean, we lost a lot on uh, some parlays, which, again, you can't complain about that when when, uh, when parlays come in. So, But uh, there was some higher payout um, for parlays yesterday. But, yeah, I mean, it just seemed like any decision we had, any game that we had a decision on, it just didn't go our way. I think the only one that did was the, the Falcons and the Saints. Um, Falcons were able to, to cover, and uh, that game closed four and a half. Uh, but, you know, aside from that one, I think most of the games that we did have decisions on, it just didn't didn't go our way at all. Yeah, I mean, that Falcon game, and, you know, that game came down to it was funny that that was a 21-16 game. Arthur Smith goes for the two-point play, doesn't get it. They call it – I didn't think it was a face mask. Did you see it, TG? No, I really wasn't watching that game much at all. Yeah, they call a face mask on Cam Hayward, and I don't think he got him. And then, of course, they got the chance to run the play again, and they get the two-point, which is ultimately – and then the Saints move it down there. They could kick the field goal, but they don't. They just run the clock out, and they get it. That was a big decision for TG because he had some big yeah. bets on New Orleans, correct, Thomas? Yeah, on the Saints. Uh, so, like I said, that was that was probably the only one that went in our went in our favor yesterday. Uh, your your Lions though come out victorious again. That Thank was you. a game that really uh, not too much of a decision uh, there. Very evenly bet game, but uh, interesting nonetheless. And um, Obviously, the Lions uh, continue their hot play. The Jets fall back again, and uh, I mean they're just uh, between them and New England. It's uh, kind of a, I guess they're fading. They're fading fast, but still they still have life. Yeah, and New England's got the one game lead on the Jets, which makes it even worse. I mean, the, the one thing we got Thursday night, TG, you're going to have a playoff game before we get into even Christmas because this Jacksonville Jet game. I mean, this loser go home, don't you think? Well, yeah. I mean, now that the now that the Jags are right back in the division race, I mean, they're only one game back uh, of right. Tennessee. So, very, very important game there on Thursday night between these two. And yeah, it's kind of a loser leave town match. How how about the night game? So obviously they're in Jersey with the Giants in New York, and then Washington. I actually thought the atmosphere at FedEx, Michael, was pretty good, which we're not used yeah. to for a Commanders game. Uh, had a good vibe to it. Uh, the questionable calls at the end against Washington, but how'd you turn out at the book with a 2012 winner there for the Giants? Yeah, it, obviously with the Giants uh, being able to win out right there, not not a good result for us in that one. But as you said, it was kind of, it had that typical NFC East feel to it. Uh, you know, division game uh, late in the season. Uh, had a nice feel, but you, as you said, uh, some questionable calls or non-calls there at the end, but um, it was a good game either way, entertaining game. Uh, if you're into uh, traditional NFC East football there, I, I thought it was very good. I thought Jones, Michael, I just as an aside, I thought Jones, the numbers don't indicate it, but I thought Jones was good. Jones plays well against the Commanders. I don't know what it is, and he plays well he on the road does. as well. Yeah, they didn't do it. You know, what they did is exactly how they've won all the games, how they've won eight games. They played, they were one for three, allowing the, the Washington Commanders in the red zone. You know, they gave up a ton of yards on the ground. It didn't matter. They stiffened when they got to the red zone and they made, and they threw completed passes and they were able to run the ball. And look, you know, I mean, we've said this all along. Washington, you know, they leave their left tackle alone on Thibodeau, who had a breakout game last night. You know, sack, fumble, touchdown. There's, there's seven points right there. That's the difference in the game. I mean, that's yep. that that was the margin of the game. And, you know, Heineke, to me, can't make enough plays. I, I just think, to me, you know, the reason they signed Wentz was because they knew Heineke had limitations. We're seeing them. I totally agree. Uh, let's transition tonight, Green Bay. Where'd you open, and are you sitting seven and a half with Baker and the Rams in town? It's back to seven and a half. We we opened Packers laying seven and a half. It dipped down to seven. Uh, total has not moved much at all. It's still thirty nine and a half, uh, but now back up to seven and a half. Packers laying it. Uh, take account almost 
uh, dead even, but more money here on the Packers at the moment. And, you know, what a difference a year makes. I mean, think about that. If we were looking at this matchup last season at this time, I mean, it just it kind of blows you away what, what's transpired within a year uh, for these two franchises. But obviously Green Bay uh, still – Still fighting the good fight. The Rams, not much to play for. Uh, Baker Mayfield, second game here. See how he looks. Uh, no Cup, no Aaron Donald for the Rams. So, uh, you know, I think I think most people are, again, not expecting another Baker Mayfield miracle here in, uh, back in uh, Rodgers and the Packers. Well, I can tell you, Big Daddy's expecting a Baker Mayfield miracle. He always thinks that the pack. I mean, four minutes are going to be into this game, and he's going to be complaining to me about Baker. So <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna, he's going to want to swap Baker for Rogers. Big Daddy oh, Vince, no of course, number yeah. one Packer fan, not the number one Matt Lafleur fan. Uh, to be clear no, about no BDV, no. They're, they're, but uh, he, he's he probably very hopeful that Matt Lafleur got a clean cut. We won't see it because his head's going to be covered because it's going to be about what seven degrees tonight in Green Bay. Yeah, very it's gonna cool. Be, it's going to be – I got 15 uh, oh, as far as – I mean, it's going to be so I think once cold. you get below 20, it doesn't matter if it's 15, 12. Yep. I mean, that, it's, it's freezing. I'm going to do this, Thomas. I'm going to give – you've got three college basketball plays. Of course, Thomas, super sharp in college basketball. I'm going to give one, and then I'm going to give the other two for VEASAN pros. you got to go over to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. you got Utah State laying 16 and a half tonight. Yeah, so Utah State, uh, very good offensive team here. They're actually uh, the best three-point shooting team in the country. So uh, they're uh, obviously laying a big number there, but uh, I think that they can get there. Um, just a tremendous, tremendous offensive club. Okay. Lay it. 15.5 with Utah State. That's, uh, excuse me, 16.5 tonight. That's one of the Des Moines plays before um, – we say goodbye. Just quickly, did you dip into the 30s here? I got 39 and a half on the total tonight. Part of it, yep. freezing weather, of course. It opened right around 41. Uh, we actually opened this lower than in some places. So we, we stayed at 39 and a half uh, really this whole time. We opened 39 and a half and it's still there. Okay. Wow. Okay, TG. Well, Again, the busy time of the year, the holiday season as well. It doesn't stop, though, and it doesn't stop at the Borgata. Stop by and say hi to Thomas Gable, who runs the race and sports book. Okay, Thomas, good luck tonight. Appreciate you. Thanks, TG. All right. Thank you, guys. Hate to, hate to hear it, Michael, that he said it's week 15, and he just had his worst week of the year yeah. there at the Borgata. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought I it was think... a hard card this week. I'm surprised everybody did good, but if you took the dogs, you did good. I, I, I was on the favorites too much. We've got a great step into my office coming up next here on the Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. 
a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah, Psh. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pot? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, football fans could turn a loss into a win with the King of Sportsbooks. Just place a single first touchdown score prop on Monday or Thursday night football. So tonight, if your bet loses, you receive up to $25 back in free bets. The offer is available all season long, so wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log into your account. Or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. And then wager on any player to score the first touchdown Monday or Thursday night. So tonight, and you get your free bet back up to $25. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. This promotion is not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. you got to be 21 years or older. The Packers have released a wide receiver. We will hold on to that for another 12 minutes because now... It is time for Step Into My Office. Great job by Elliot. Kind of reworking this back into the show. We've had a ton of fun with it. So let's get to it. Step Into My Office. First one up. No surprise here. Stepping into Michael Lombardi's office and sitting on the couch is Jeff Saturday. The Colts lost a 33-zippy halftime lead to the Vikings. Of course, Saturday told reporters last week he would love to interview for the full-time head coaching position. What does Saturday need to do to get this job in the future. You know, I think that when you think you're the smartest person in the room, Jeff, you should probably leave the room. And I think all the times you cite all this experience that you have as a player, all this being around great Hall of Famers, you know, as if that has given you the test of time to be a great NFL head coach, I think you're mistaken. I think if you understand great chess players – They study prior games, so they become better. The experience of learning how other players played situations allows them to grow as a chess player. And essentially, Jeff, that's what you need to do. You need to stop talking about how experienced you are and immerse yourself into understanding this job is way different than any job you've ever had in your life. And you can continue to talk about where you need to improve your team and put it on the players But the players are looking for you for answers. And if you don't give them answers, by saying we needed to make more plays isn't an answer. By saying the way you lost that game was lack of plays isn't an answer. You have to judge the game correctly. And they're looking for you for that. And so you're going to need some help. So I would suggest strongly that you spend some time washing away what you think you know and learning what you don't know and call people. Get people on the telephone and ask them how to do it. And if you're going to run the team and you're going to manage the game, then you better prepare for the game on how it's going to go. And you've got to be able to walk into the offensive room or the defensive room and tell them what you want. And that's going to take some time and experience. But you're only going to grow when you need to know you need to grow. Thank you, Coach Saturday. Not sure we'll see you back here next year. Coming into the office to talk to Michael Lombardi now. He'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. Interesting. Interesting. Andy Reid steps into the office. The Chiefs have struggled, and they struggled to get past the Broncos, the Texans in recent weeks. They already lost outright to the AFC contenders, the Bengals and the Bills. What does Reid need to do right now to fix this team for the Super Bowl run? Well, you know, Andy, far be it from me. You're one of the greatest offensive coaches in the history of the game, and you get the quarterback to play at a high, high level. And yesterday was a perfect example of a game that you dominated. Only you allowed them to stay in it. We could, we had three fumbles, ten penalties. You know, we held them to two hundred and some yards. I, I think they had one hundred and twenty nine yards passing in the game. They did very little against us, but yet because of our mistakes, we allowed them to hang around and we had to go to overtime to win a game that we had no business being in overtime for. None, no business whatsoever. So I, I think this is really the focus in the next three weeks is about us. 
It's really about us because when we play our best and we don't turn the ball over and we get off the field on defense and we tackle well and we don't have penalties, 10 penalties, we'll beat anybody in the league. It's all out there for us. It's really all out there for us. But the, what we noticed yesterday, as bad as Houston is, when we allow teams to play on a short field, when we allow teams to get first downs, the Texans had five first downs yesterday by penalty. Five. That just kept them in the game. So really, to me, forget who we're playing. It's not about Seattle. It's about the Chiefs. It's about us making sure we handle our business because we'll be really good and we'll be a hard team for any team to beat. But the problem is when we beat ourselves, we become easy to beat. Thank you, Coach Reed. By the way, that's a sweet Hawaiian shirt. You're sporting, bruh. Doug Peterson comes in. Cool visor. Anyway, earlier, this is a good write-up from Elliot. Earlier in the year, you had the Jags as high as four on your power rankings. They, they fell fast. However, here they come. 40-34 win against the Cowboys. How can Peterson harness this momentum as they're only one game behind the Titans in division? Well, I think that the thing is, is it takes time. It takes a lot of understanding. But I think we've gotten to the point, Doug, where we know what this team's all about, right? We understand who we are. We know we need to get ATN going a little bit. We know we need to be creative in the run game. We know it's hard to throw it 50 times. But we have great skill. And this quarterback has gotten better and better and better. Yesterday, I thought, was the perfect example of the team not ever quitting. You know why we didn't quit yesterday? Because when you watch the game, as I did, the Cowboys never were in control. They were in the lead, but they never were in control that game. They never had control. And that's a testament to our offense. That's a testament to our quarterback. So what we proved yesterday is there's no lead we can't overcome. And as long as we play and protect the quarterback, as long as we are able to convert third downs, as long as we're able to stay attached to the game, we'll have a chance to win any game we play. we got to do a better job of protecting the football. We had two fumbles, which really kept the game, kept them in it and kept us out of it for a while. But I think this quarterback knows what we can do, and you know what he can do. And I think we just got to keep executing how we've been playing and build on the strength of our quarterback because all the people that thought he was a bust, they're now saying what a great player he is. I was just going to say that, Michael. The Jags fans came into the season wondering, do they have that cornerstone? Do they have the franchise? Uh, yes, you very much have a guy that can win you Super Bowls, plural. This kid's great. He'll get better. Okay, thank you, Doug yep. Peterson. In comes Cliff Kingsbury. This is this is a murderer's row. We got Jeff Saturday, Mr. Reed, Doug Peterson, and now Cliff Kingsbury. The Cardinals lost, of course, Kyler Murray. Uh, Colt McCoy went down. Uh, reports indicate Arizona is going to part ways with G uh, GM Steve Kime after taking an indefinite medical lead. leave. Pardon me. Is there anything Kingsbury can do to save his job now that Kime might be on the way out? Well, I think, Cliff, unfortunately, you have become a victim of a, what we call a drive-by shooting in the NFL. You, we know that you didn't had no reason to sign Kyler Murray to an extension, yet you guys went ahead and did. You're going to pay a price for that. Now, hopefully your contract is fully guaranteed for the amount of years, but what you need to do is go somewhere and kind of reestablish your career because when you're going to get fired from Arizona, that's going to be a blessing, not a disgrace because a lot of us have been fired including the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick, who's going through obstacles himself. So, like, let's get past this. Let's rebuild ourselves. Let's understand what we've learned from here, and let's continue to grow. Because this, everybody's blaming you for this, but we, you and I both know it's not on you. It's not all on you. It's a lot of the dysfunction that happened within the building. And so now the next time you get an opportunity, and you'll get one, you're a young coach, you're good-looking, you know offensive football, you're going to get another chance. Let's just make sure there's alignment. That Make sure the people that are picking the players for you understand who you are, understand what you need, and understand how you have to build a culture. This can be the greatest learning experience of all time for you because even though it's viewed as a failure, you're 6-15 and 15 since, the, since, the, since the bye week last year, even though we haven't been a very good team, you now know what bad looks like, and that's half the battle. And so grow from this. Embrace it. Write down everything that went wrong. Really take meticulous notes and then go out there and restart your career. I think that's great advice. I mean, somebody, he's got the future in front of him, like you mentioned, uh, still thought of as a great offensive mind. He's got a great resume. He can provide to anybody who's probably, what, 40 years old. Cliff Kingsbury's going to be fine. It just, 
they played a game of Russian roulette with the quarterback in the offseason, and the quarterback won. Remember, he just used all his leverage on social media and kind of almost strong-armed the franchise into extending him. Yeah, I mean, look, they, 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 they had no business extending the guy, and they shouldn't have done it. And I, don't, I hope Steve Kime's okay. I do. But to me, he has not been a very good general manager in his time there. He just hasn't. I mean, look at his drafts. Look at his decision-making. Look at the way he built a team. You know, And the owner and him have been locked up everywhere they go. They're best friends. So when you say they're going to get rid of him or they're going to move on from him, that would be a surprise. That would be a surprise. And are you hearing that about Kaim again? You first, you just wish I, I don't know well, how they can. I don't know how they can bring another coach in and keep Kaim keep Kaim in that chair. I don't know how they can do that. I don't know how they can do that because again, it's like where is the alignment? You know, the, the, you mean it wasn't all just Cliff's fault. As much as we want to think it's Cliff's fault, and it's easy to blame Cliff. There's other elements that go into this. And Kime certainly had his shots, right? Wilkes, Josh Rosen, he got to flip that to another head coach and another quarterback, and now that hasn't worked out. Oh, yeah. And Steve Kime Bidwell has been very kind. I mean, he was back there with, with, remember, he was back there with uh, with uh, Bruce Arians. I mean, he built off Good of point. that experience. They were all hanging out together. The Packers play tonight. They've just released a wide receiver. We'll tell you who and get into the cap next here at Lombardi Line. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.